Well, good morning. Well, obviously, I am not Pastor Mike. Uh, Pastor Mike is at home in quarantine because he was exposed to somebody that has COVID. He does not have COVID, but he's at home. So, Pastor Mike, we love you. We miss you. We can't wait for you to come back. Uh, We're praying for you. And uh, I, on the other hand, actually came through COVID. I I had it, and I'm cleared. I'm, I'm in good health, but grateful to God for his strength, grateful for all the prayers and the meals and, and, the, and the support that we received. So uh, just thank you for all of you that were praying. And, I, and so I thought today, because you know I came through that, I thought I'd offer some reflections on a book that was written a while ago called Becoming a Contagious Christian. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Pastor Mike and I uh, shared, because this sermon series is actually a, a, a series of reflections on his sabbatical that he had. And because I didn't trail him and follow him, I I don't actually feel like I'm equipped to share what his lessons were on sabbatical. So we talked about, you know what? There's just a lot of fear in our society today. There's a lot of uncertainty. And so I wanna talk about that with you today. You know, to be human is to fear. Psychologists have categorized a limitless number of things that people can be afraid of, like arachibutrophobia, which is the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. (laughs) Anatidophobia is the fear of being watched by a duck. (laughs) Now you laugh, but maybe you've never been to a park in Los Angeles where ducks outnumber people 10 to 1. And while they are not meat eaters, you never know if they're going to ever make an exception. And so, yeah, it's a little scary. One of my favorites is hippopotamonstrosacipidalophobia, which ironically is a fear of long words. (laughs) Now, with a name like Darren Avinash Adwalpalker, I'm actually immune to that one. So thanks, mom and dad. Appreciate that. But there's something that I think we can all relate to, and that is chronophobia, which is the fear of the future, the fear of the unknown, the fear of what is going to happen. And if you live in the United States this week, some of us might be experiencing a little bit of chronophobia. There's so much uncertainty with the upcoming presidential election. It's consequential. It's hugely contentious. The pandemic is spiking. The economy is going up and down like a yo-yo. And none of us knows how this roller coaster is going to end. It's uncertain. It can bring fear into our hearts. And especially as Americans, because we are very future-oriented people. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Being future-oriented helps us think and plan and prepare and, and make you know, uh, contingency plans and, and, and work ahead, but that's just a deep-rooted part of who we are as Americans. In fact, Fleetwood Mac sang a song that you might remember. Now, that was a great cultural moment because those of you that are old enough to remember were kind of bopping your head and 
the millennials were like, what is that? <laughs> Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Yesterday's gone. We are a future-oriented people, which is okay. But again, the problem is because the future is uncertain, that provides us with a great degree of uncertainty. So the ancient Hebrews, of which we have a record in the Old Testament, actually had an orientation that was the completely opposite of ours. They were actually past oriented. Now, what does that mean? That means that they stood this way with the future behind them, the uncertain future, and they kept their eyes on the faithfulness of God's work and action in the past. And as they did, they walked backwards into an uncertain future. But each step of the way, they kept their eyes fixed on what they knew on how God had sustained them with his power and his presence along the way. In fact, the root tense of the Hebrew language is the past tense. Our root tense is the present. Theirs is actually the past. All of their celebrations, all of their calendar is built around the action of God in their lives rescuing them in the Passover, the, the Day of Atonement, the celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles, which rec, uh, remembered their time of wandering in the desert. They were past-oriented, and that gave them courage to face the unknown future. So today what I want to do is to help root us in God's faithfulness, not only to the people of Israel, but also to us. And as we walk into this uncertain time in the future, it will give us faith and confidence to face whatever is ahead. And I wanna do that by looking with you at Psalm 136. Now, a lot of the Psalms and a lot of the scriptures are actually a recounting of God's actions and faithfulness throughout history. And Psalm 136 is a great example of that. In Psalm 136, it breaks down the, God, the work of God in Israel's history in three sections, the creation, the Passover, and the time of wandering in the wilderness. The creation, God spoke words and created the universe out of nothing, ex nihilo. God is powerful, and just simply by speaking, so it was. In the time of the Exodus, the people were enslaved for 400 years by Pharaoh who oppressed them and they were unable to rescue themselves and God miraculously through his power and his presence redeemed them and the Passover became the central act of history that they looked back on throughout the rest of their lives. And then the time of wandering in the desert where they needed provision, they couldn't provide for themselves and God was there, his presence guided them, the manna that he provided for them. So we're gonna see that in Psalm 136, but here's the deal. I'm gonna need your help because this is written as a psalm of response. And so I will actually be reading the first line and then you respond back after every line, his love endures forever. Can we practice that? All right, now here's the thing. This Psalm is 26 verses long, which means you're going to be saying 26 times his love endures forever, which is going to, at some point, start to feel like a little repetitive and a little boring. But it was meant as a way of rooting like a stake in the ground in the faithfulness of God. So don't let it get 
boring. Let it be something that becomes a repetition. And each time you say it, I want you to say it with meaning. I want you to say it with conviction. His love endures forever. The word love, chesed, in Hebrew, can you say that with me? Chesed, you have to put the little ch, that clear your throat, but make sure you don't do it on your neighbor. Chesed is God's faithful, his loyal covenant love. Now, if there was one single word in all of the Old Testament, besides the name of God that he revealed himself to Moses, Yahweh, I would say chesed, is one of the most important words. It's God's faithful, loyal, covenant love. It's how God described himself to Moses and to the Israelites, that God is full of chesed, that God's love is faithful despite what Israel did, despite their failings. God chose Abraham and he said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you and I'm gonna make you a blessing to the nations. I'm going to reveal myself to you and, and you walk in my ways. And Abraham and Moses and the people of Israel made a pledge to God. It was called a covenant. It was a promise that God made to his people. It was very similar to a marriage. And God said, I am pledging myself to you. But because of God's chesed, he remained faithful even when the people did not. And so this psalm is a reflection on God's chesed, God's faithful, loyal, steadfast love that remained constant through Israel's history and especially in their darkest hours. So we're gonna read Psalm 36 to, 136 together. Again, I'm gonna need your help in reading and saying the response back to me. We'll have it up on the screen if you don't have it there. His love endures forever. And again, your task is to say it each time with conviction, each time with a deep sense that this actually is a reality, not only for Israel's life, but for ours as well. Here we go, Psalm 136. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. To him alone who does great wonders. Who by his understanding made the heavens. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. Who made the great lights. The sun to govern the day the moon and the stars to govern the night. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt and brought Israel from out from among them. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder and brought Israel through the midst of it, but swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. To him who led his people through the wilderness, to him who struck down great kings, verse 21, and gave their land as an inheritance an inheritance to his servant Israel. He remembered us 
in our low estate and freed us from our enemies. He gives food to every creature. Give thanks to the God of heaven. Great job. Way to go. That felt like it was forever. But the point there was to repeat that and get that as a deep part of who we are, to root ourselves in what we know and how God has revealed himself throughout history and in our lives. A few years back, when we were living in Los Angeles, we suddenly lost our house. And now we had to find a place to live with skyrocketing rent, so we didn't know what we were gonna do. My wife and I and our three kids, we just felt so vulnerable, so out there. It was really scary. And as I spoke to my mentor, he gave me this analogy that I'll never forget. He said, you know, Darren, walking through life, you know, as we take this journey, each step that we take involves both something that is unknown and something that we know. The unknown is this foot that's up in the air. It hasn't landed yet, it hasn't planted yet, but as we're in that place, we have our other foot that actually is planted in what we know. So he asked me, what do you know? Where, what have you planted yourself on? And as I looked back over our lives and I looked back over our marriage and, and our parenting, just seeing God open doors miraculously, even for that place that we had lived in for 12 years and had our kids and, and, and it was a miraculous provision of God. Financially, how he provided for us, uh, giving, giving us strength, just so many ways. And it just made me think of how God had been faithful here and here and here and here. And focusing on God's faithfulness gave me courage to face this unknown future, which eventually a few steps later, which I didn't know at the time, would bring me to a place that I hadn't really ever heard of called Casper, Wyoming. And we're so grateful to be here. But God was at work in uprooting us and in that in-between uncertain place. All I could do was focus on what I knew and where God had revealed himself to us step by step. Bringing it more current, a few weeks ago, I was feeling a little achy, chills, I am being a hypochondriac. This cannot be. It's not COVID. So I went to get tested anyway, and, and sure enough, it was. And I'm thinking, whoa, this changes so much. I had to tell my wife and kids that they now could not leave the house for 14 days. And I had to isolate from them in my room. And I felt like, you know, they were make food and knock on the door and run away. And I'd open the door. And I felt like a prisoner, like in the movies where they open the latch and throw, you know, the food in the door. Uh, we had to, uh, they would put a laptop on the table at dinner and I would have my laptop. And so we'd have dinner. How was your day guys? You know, what'd you do today? You know, I stayed right here. Um, and you know, bedtime stories over, over FaceTime and uh, playing Battleship uh, in, in another room, which is great because you can't cheat that way. So, um, you know, we had to figure it out and make it work. And, and I've had, actually, I had all the symptoms except, by God's grace, didn't lose my, my sense of smell or taste. And so I was able to eat, and that was good because I was like, the only thing I had to look forward to, like, what time is it? Oh, cool, it's almost lunchtime. And, uh, you know, the church and people from the community brought food because we couldn't buy anything. And it was just a time of 
powerlessness, but also experiencing and leaning into the presence of God. Just the way that he brought us through that is a marker of God's faithfulness. And so today what I want to encourage you to do as we face these uncertain times, I want you to create your own psalm of faithfulness, patterned after Psalm 136. Now, a few weeks ago, we had talked about psalm of lament, right? God, I feel blank because blank, yet I trust you because blank. This is a psalm of faithfulness, and I want to encourage you to do this if you're married, if you have a family, or even if, um, if, if it's just your own personal life, that's fine, but I want you to create a record of how God has worked in your lives and the things that you know as you take these uncertain steps, what do you know? What can you root your lives in? For us, we saw that God provided for us in uncertain times. His love endures forever. For us, we know that God brought us through this season of COVID. It's still uncertain what lies ahead, but his love endures forever. And I want you to think about your own life. And maybe you can think of one or two or three things right now and jot them down. And then maybe today, tonight with your family, say, can we come up with a list of things? It doesn't have to be 26. It can. But just come up with a list of things, a short phrase, and then his love endures forever. And this becomes a record of God's work in your life. This becomes a marker. This becomes an unmistakable reminder of God's faithfulness to you, to your family. And it's something that you can pass on to the next generation. As I think of the way that God opened the door to bring my father here to the U.S. from India as a Hindu and being the only follower of Jesus and his family now and, and, and the way that I get to walk in those footsteps. And I didn't do anything to create that. It just makes me grateful for God's faithful said his faithful, loyal love to our family that will continue on to future generations. So how has God been faithful to you? I want you to think about it. I want you to write it down. I want you to create your own psalm of remembrance. Why? Because as we face these uncertain times, we can be certain that God has been faithful. And if he's been faithful every single step of the way, why would he not continue to be faithful in our lives? We're going to close today by remembering God's work. But we're going to remember God's work through Christ in communion. Jesus is the fulfillment of the story of God's work throughout the Old Testament. Jesus is what all of this was pointing to. If we look at verse 23, he remembered us in our low estate. That sounds familiar. Mary quoted that when the angel came upon her and said, you are going to give birth to Jesus. She went to Psalm 136 of remembering God's loyal, faithful covenant love even when they were under the oppressive hand of the Roman Empire. He freed us from our enemies. Jesus, at Passover, the Last Supper, was a recollection of God's freeing work from the hand of Egypt and 
He said, this is the fulfillment. It's here. It's now. He gives food to every creature, the manna that God provided for in those uncertain times in the wilderness. Jesus said in John 6, listen, I am the bread that came down from heaven. It all points back to him, and we're going to remember Christ today. We're going to sing this song called Remembrance. And as we do, I just want you to think about how has God been faithful to you? How has God revealed his, has said, his faithful, loyal, covenant love, even at times where you might not have been faithful back? That's what his unconditional love means. Communion is an invitation. It's an invitation to make the story of Jesus our story. It's an invitation to locate our lives, to orient ourselves, not in a story where we're in charge and where we're the ones calling all the shots, but to realize that in our powerlessness, in our times where we can't do it for ourselves, we are located within a larger story of God's work and activity and action, his pursuing of us. And that's so freeing to realize that there is a God who is a God of loyal, faithful, covenant love. That night of communion, it was actually the Passover. It was a celebration of God's rescuing and redemption, the people out of slavery in Egypt. And the Jewish people had done this every single year since the time of the original Passover. It was an unbroken chain and it continues to this day. And every time we take communion, we're a part of that unbroken chain of remembrance of God's work and activity. And what we do is we connect the history. It's not just a story in the past, but it's a living reality in our lives today. So as we take the elements, it's Jesus's invitation and it's our willingness to say yes I wanna be a part of this story. I wanna be a part of your story, Jesus, and your work. So Jesus took bread and he broke it and he gave it to the disciples and he said, do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat the bread. Jesus took the cup and he said, this is my blood, the cup of the new covenant. For hundreds of years prior, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, other prophets prophesied something called a new covenant, a new promise. They were waiting for it. It was a covenant based on forgiveness. It was a covenant based on the empowerment of God's spirit that would be poured out on all people. They were waiting, that was their hope. And Jesus said, it's come. And it's been sealed, it's been ratified in his blood. Scripture tells us greater love has no one than this, that he would lay down his life for us. If that's not loyal, faithful, covenant love, don't know what is. Romans 5, 6 says that while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. His sacrifice brings us forgiveness, freedom, restored relationship, and 
empowerment to live, promise of eternal life, and an entirely new orientation on how we view the world. So as we take the cup, let's do so gratefully, and let's do so knowing the great cost of Christ giving his life for us with his faithful, loyal covenant love. Let's drink God, in these uncertain times, we stand in remembrance of your love. We stand in remembrance of how through Israel's history you have been faithful and in how our own lives you have been faithful. And so as we walk into this week, may we do so with confidence knowing that the same God that created the universe that rescued Israel, that provided for them in the wilderness, that gave his life for us on the cross, is with us today. And may nothing shake that confidence. In Jesus' name, amen.